Hello all you kings, queens, and those in between, and welcome to the very first episode of the Busted Limes podcast. I'm your host, Paresh Maharaj, and unfortunately my co-host, who has requested to remain nameless for now, couldn't make it for this intro, so I'm flying solo just for today. So, what is the Busted Limes podcast about? It's simple, really. It's just me and my co-host shooting the shit about any topics that interest us. And what did we decide to talk about for our first episode? Well, to begin, I have to give some background information first. My co-host is my younger cousin, so by virtue of being related to me, he developed an interest in anime. So when he signed up for a Funimation Now account and asked me for recommendations, the first thing I told him to check out was the masterpiece Cowboy Bebop. He managed to binge the entire series while on a road trip, and the episode you're about to hear is his reaction to to the series a couple of days after he finished it. Naturally, there will be spoilers for this series, and detours into the director's other works, similar series, and a certain Star Wars TV show that also concerns bounty hunters. So, now that we have everybody in the stuff together, let's jam. So, Cowboy Bebop. Oh god, yes, Uh, how was it? It was so good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I've heard people talking about it forever, just saying, like, oh, yeah, it's a masterpiece, best anime ever. But it's like, mm-hmm. most of the time when people describe something like that, it doesn't live up to the hype. Right. Cowboy Bebop basically confirms with it, by the end of the first episode that it deserves its reputation. Oh, really? The first episode? Oh, right. By the, the end of the yeah. first episode is really what hooked me. Like, I mean... I had, like, a seven-hour drive ahead of me anyway, so I was going to binge as much as I could anyway. <laughs> right. But, like, the end of the first episode was so good, because it's, like, for context, all I knew going into it mm-hmm. was that it's a show about space bounty hunters and mm-hmm. Spike dies at Spike the dies end. at the That's end, That's literally mm-hmm. all I knew about it going in. Mm-hmm. So, like, when the... what Basically, when I realized the end of the episode, I was like, oh, this is about a bunch of bounty hunters that are actually good people, and hey... They're basically never actually get the bounty that they're after <laughs> because everything is tragic. I was like, oh, shit, this is actually a really interesting take on this genre. Mm-hmm. Especially since it did kind of catch me off guard that, like, the people he was after did just straight up die before he could get the bounty. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at right. the end where it's basically just, like, a replay of the conversation that happened at the beginning. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's n- this isn't, like going to be an overextending the plot that was just a day in the life for them <laughs> that was like oh shit this is really good <laughs> yeah so well so yeah this the first episode that's the one about uh red eye right yeah red so, eye so yeah and one thing that really got to me is how well it's aged mm-hmm. like the animation is amazing but also the dub is yeah, like, oh yeah Mm-hmm. The dub is so well done, like, it even, like, stands up against Hold dubs on. that are happening now. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. I remember growing up watching stuff on Toonami, like, I was watching, like, Naruto and the four kids dub of One Piece. Like, um, it's aged way better than those as well. Uh, yeah, that's not saying much, but yeah. It's, I agree that it's not saying much, but it's also just for the, it goes to show that, like, even in the late 90s, the bar for English dubbing was so low. Yeah, and then but, Cowboy Bebop came right. along and blew everything out of the water. Like... The way they did Cowboy Bebop, from what I can tell, is basically how they do it now, more mm-hmm. or less. Yep. Which is saying a lot. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, just, like, the writing is so great. Like, the mm-hmm. animation is top-notch the whole way through, which right. admittedly is probably because they only had a set number of episodes they were doing, so they didn't have to worry about running out of budget. Mm-hmm. But, like, the writing is so great. And I think, again, part of what makes the writing so good is they knew they were only going to do 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. 
which actually interesting side note about that apparently it almost got canceled halfway through when it initially aired in japan because there were some school violence incidents and cowboy bebop was the scapegoat oh wow i, I did not know about that yeah seriously hmm. so like cowboy bebop almost didn't make it oh no yeah so yeah that almost happened but of course you know cowboy bebop survived yep yeah, but also the writing is so good because even though it's episodic and, like, each episode self-contained, like, it mm-hmm. still has the character development carried through. And, like, once Vicious shows up, you know that, you know, the Red Dragons are still happening in the background. Mm-hmm. Which, oh my god, Vicious. He literally only shows up three times in the <laughs> series, but he's so good as a villain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's... He has a very powerful presence. Oh, yeah, did... I think part of what makes him such a great villain mm-hmm. is that, you know... What part of what I think makes the writing in this show so good is like with the world building, mm-hmm. it doesn't really tell you anything. It's a lot of show don't tell. Like you kind of have to piece everything together through like random things people say in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. But like one thing I think that makes Vicious work so well as a rival and a villain is that mm-hmm. yes, when he first shows up, he kills someone. Mm-hmm. But like, and that person's connected to Spike, but you don't find that out until much later. Mm-hmm. And I think what makes him so good as a villain is that. Before you even really know anything about him other than he's an evil motherfucker that kills people with a sword, Mm -hmm. is you see how he affects Spike once he shows up. Like, that is the most serious Spike has been up until that point in the series. Oh, yeah. And, like, one thing I realized, because, like, for context, I watched it 13 episodes at a time. Right, right. So, like, aside from just using his gun, like, to just kind of point people and, like, threaten them... Mm That, when he goes into the cathedral to fight spite, fight Vicious and mm. the Red Dragons, that is the first time he kills anybody with a gun in the series. Not mm. counting the flashbacks. Not counting flashbacks, game. yeah. That's the mm. first time Spike uses a gun. Mm. That's a, kind of a big deal. And, like, the way Spike gets so serious, and that's also the first time he has any real conflict with Jet. Which yeah. Which is another big thing. Yeah. And it's just, you see mm. how much Spike fucking hates this guy. <laughs> and it just kind of makes you realize how big of a deal he is. Yep. And then, of yep. course, you have the standoff at the top of the cathedral and the scene where Spike throws a grenade and falls out of the window. Which While is just Green Bird plays. Literal yes. art. <laughs> literal fucking art. And then, of course, because Cowboy Bebop is a masterpiece, it immediately turns attention on his head when he wakes up to Faye humming. And she's like, you're off key. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> Fuck you. But, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, like, initially, I wasn't sure how I felt about Faye, because I was afraid... I wasn't really sure how I felt about her character. Yeah, yeah. But, like, once you learn more about her backstory, Mm -hmm. and, like, you see the hidden depths, you realize, oh, shit, she's, like, one of the most well-written female characters in any anime that I've seen. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's just a testament to the strong writing. Right, because it's, like, once you realize that how deep her insecurities run, Mm -hmm. like, you realize how crazy it is, like... All right, yeah. so speaking of the jet, uh, like, how did you like the character interactions between all the crew of the Bebop? Oh, I loved it, because it's like, initially, they legitimately hate each other, but then it turns into, we love each other, but we're a family, so we're also going to give each other shit for everything. Everything. Like, <laughs> and it's funny, because it kind of take took me a while to realize that that was what was happening. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to realize, oh, wait, no, Jet's not actually a sexist, misogynistic piece of shit. He just hurts. All <laughs> the time. And he hides it with aggression. And cooking. Yeah. And plant, and taking care of his bonsai trees. Oh, God, the beginning of the first episode where he's like, Spike, dinner. I made spe- green beans, green peppers and beef. Yeah, special. bell peppers and bell beef. Peppers and, yeah. and he's like, you know, you said this was bell peppers and beef, but there's no beef in it. So you can't really call it 
bell peppers and beef. Beef can you? <laughs> yeah. And then w- yeah. when Spike tells us, yo, we don't have any money because every time we get a bounty, we have to pay for all of your collateral damage. <laughs> like, that's the perfect establishing character moment for Spike before you even see him do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, I would literally die for Ayn. Yes. And Ed. Yes, <laughs> yes both of them. Yes, both, both of them. It's, this is especially why uh, Mushroom Samba is my favorite episode because right. it, it's the one that focuses on them, to, on those two the most. It's great because it's a comic relief breather episode, mm-hmm. but the only people who realize that are Ed and I, and everyone else thinks it's business as usual, uh, and it's not. And that's it's because of the mushrooms. Like, yep. I really, st- I still want to know what conversation Jet was having with his bonsai trees in that right? episode. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, though, my favorite part of that is that. Ed sees Ayn eat the mushroom realizes, oh, hey, these are probably, like, weird mushrooms. And her first course of action is, well, I'm going to feed it to the entire crew and see what happens. <laughs> and only after everybody is tripping balls does she decide, oh, yep, these are definitely those illegal mushrooms they were talking about earlier. <laughs> uh, and then a car chase happens. Oh, you mean the best chase in anything ever? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but also, like... It just constantly tears your heart out as well, especially in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. Like, everything from Jupiter, the end of Jupiter Jazz onward Mm -hmm. is just increased. It has a few breather episodes in there, like the fucking episode with Andy the Cowboy. God, I could not stop (laughs) laughing that entire episode. (laughs) Oh, my lord. Yeah. So great. But then also there's some episodes that are just like, at the end, you just put down, I put my phone down my phone, I was like, did i just watch like the end of fucking waltz for venus oh yeah 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 yeah. that's the one um the guy who's trying to cure his sister's cure his sister's blindness and he fucking dies at the end of the episode yep that just that was just one of the few times episodes where it's just tragic ending i'm like why no he was he deserved better than that (laughs) Yeah. yeah but i mean like i don't know if you agree with me on this i feel like the entire like overarching story of cowboy bebop is it really is the story of how Spike dies. Yes. Like, everything yes. in that entire series, from the moment that he leaves the ship at the beginning of episode one yes. to go talk to Laughing Bull, yes. is building up to when he goes to face off with Vicious for the final time. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what I was going to bring up, is yeah. that they, they tell you from the first episode that he's going to die. You're right. So. Well, he even said, I've already died once. What's a second time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, the really tragic thing about Spike is that, like... His whole thing is, you know, his and Julia's thing is they don't know whether their life is a dream or not mm. because, like, they're so out of it all the time. Right. And, like, for him, is it's almost like he says before to Faye before he goes off, he has to die in order for him to confirm for himself that he's alive. Mm-hmm. Which, and it's executed so well that it doesn't even sound like over-the-top edgy bullshit because, Yeah, like, exactly. It's like the tragic thing is, like, in the last few, throughout the series, everybody is dealing with their past, right? Mm-hmm. Jet goes back to whichever planet and meets up with his ex and gets over her. Mm -hmm. Faye figures out her past and realizes that there's nothing left for her but Mm -hmm. the Bebop. Right. Ed finds her dad and decides to go after him and Mm -hmm. Ayn goes with her. Mm -hmm. Both comic relief characters leaving in one episode. Yeah, that immediately tells you shit's about to hit the fan. (sighs) Yeah. And then, but for Spike, he's never able to really confront his past in any meaningful way. The closest he gets is when he finally finds Julia. Mm -hmm. But then she and Annie get killed. And he realizes the only I cannot escape from my path. Past the only way I can face it is by going into a situation that I know is going to kill me. Kill me. Yep. And I think the most like 
The thing that really hit me as well is at the end of his final fight with Vicious, mm-hmm. Vicious wanted to die too. Oh, really? That, well, that's, that kind of mm-hmm. felt like to me is it's just like, because at the beginning of the fight, Vicious tells him, remember, I'm the only one who can kill you. And Spike goes, yeah, well, the same goes for you. And then at the end when they've disarmed each other and they're holding each other's weapons, oh, and Spike yeah. just tells him, Julia's dead, you know. And Spike says, Vicious says, very well then. And they're like, let's end this. And they toss each other their weapons and hit the killing blow on each other. <laughs> like, in that moment, Vicious was okay with dying. Yep. Because, like... Ah, uh, yes, yes, Because well, yes, also, okay, like, through the flashbacks, you can kind of tell there's a love triangle thing going on there. Oh, yeah. Because, like, what kind of pieced together is Julia was initially Vicious's girlfriend, but she fell for Spike, and that's what caused the issues between them. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like... This might be anime blasphemy, but I'm about to say. Yeah. But I would be totally fine with a Cowboy Bebop prequel that focuses on Vicious and Spike when they were friends. Yeah. Because the yeah. thing with the world building is you could do a prequel without there being too many foregone conclusions other than the main character surviving because everything mm-hmm. is very much you have to piece it together on your own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's another beauty, beautiful thing about yeah. Cowboy Bebop is that the world is so rich and expansive that yeah. you could really can just do whatever and just place a place you could start any plot anywhere in this universe yeah at any point in time yeah and you could still walk away with a quality story including the time when vicious and spike were friends right and it's funny because like the thing is it's such a classic series that while watching it i could see parts of it that influenced other things i've already seen see that's the thing that i've had difficulty doing is like i never really I've always seen, like, very surface-level influences. Well, like, let's what, put what it this of, way. Uh-huh. Keanu Reeves is a huge Cowboy Bebop fan, and that really influenced John Wick. Tell uh, me you don't see any parallels okay. between uh, the end of Cowboy uh, Bebop and anything John Wick does. Ah, uh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, speaking of actors that like Cowboy Bebop, now I finally have a reason to be concerned about the Netflix adaptation. Ah, yes, yeah. Because <laughs> one thing I didn't realize is that initially Keanu Reeves wanted to play Spike when they were initially trying to make yeah, it as a movie. Yeah, Which I would I totally have that, been yeah. fine with. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, I like John show. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm fine with him being cast as Spike. But yeah. it's like, good casting isn't always enough to save something that's doomed from the start. Yeah, it's, it's really not. It's... And, I, and my thing with live-action adaptations of animes is just that, like, one thing people need to realize is animation does not hinder the storytelling. It really does. Most of yeah. the time, it's what facilitates it. Like nobody. Spider Verse. Exactly. Nobody's going. To, I was literally about to say nobody is <laughs> going to ask for a live action adaptation about of Spider Verse because it literally only worked because it was animated. And I think the same thing goes for Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And I mean, it's not to say that a live action adaptation couldn't work. Like, right. I think you could still make a good story out yeah, of it. Exactly. It's just still going to be lacking the charm of the animation. And I think yeah. that is going to be inherently inferior because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hear you. Now, that being said, I do eventually want to watch the um, anime movie. The movie, but, yes. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? I think it's called Knocking on Heaven's Door? Or... I think it was called that in Japan, but like outside of Japan. But yeah, it's just called, called Cowboy Bob the, the movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Which... It's, Man, if you thought the animation in the show was good. Oh, like, I want to see... That's the thing. I want to see what they can do when you give them a feature length... Feature a, a, a movie budget. A, give them a movie budget. Give them a movie length. Because, like, <laughs> what I'm expecting for the movie to be is basically just, like, one Cowboy Bebop episode stretched out to movie length. That's exactly what amazing. it is. Because that's the thing. They do everything that they need to do in each episode without going a minute over. But it's mm-hmm. like... You could stretch out any of those episodes to an hour long, and I think it would have been fine. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. the movie is. It's a... Uh, just spy going chasing after a bounty on Halloween. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> only part of the show that I would say that I legitimately like didn't yeah, like quote unquote didn't like. Well, yeah. Exactly. It's like 
The um the episode that was a fucking alien um Braid Scratch. No, not Braid Scratch. Oh, um Toys, Toys in, the in the Attic. Attic. Toys, Toys in the Attic. Attic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it wasn't a bad episode. It's just, it was a breather episode where mm-hmm. the show didn't need a breather. Like it was still going strong up until that point. Ah, uh, okay. And like I said, it's not a bad episode right. on yeah, so yeah, yeah, compared yeah. to everything that comes before. Mm-hmm. Like compared to I can't remember all the episodes named Cowboy Funk, the Andy episode. Ah, right, right. Like that was a good spot to put a breather episode mm-hmm. because I think it's like the episode after or a couple episodes after that is where um and and I leave, and mm-hmm. Faye has her big character moments. Right, like that's where you put a breather episodes right before ever sh- all the shit hits the fan. Right. Speaking of serious shit, uh, Pierrot Lefou. Pierrot Lefou. Let's Lefou. talk about Holy Pierrot Lefou. Holy shit! That episode was one of the ones where I had to put my phone down. I was like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Yeah, that like that movie. That uh, that <laughs> call it a movie, but it that could have been a movie. It could have been a movie on its own. Any yeah. episode of Cowboy Bebop could be a movie on its own. It would be, but that episode. Oh my god. What do you even say about that episode? The moment Piero shows up... And kills those people. It is people. terrifying. He, he walks straight up to these guys and says, Hello, gentlemen, I've journeyed here to take your lives. It's like, holy fuck. <laughs> and then he just straight up air juggles Spike in that one. Right. Like, and you feel every hit land. Yeah. And, like, in lesser hands, that, would, that scene would have been hilarious, but... Right, like, yeah. everything about him should be hilarious, but he's terrifying because mm-hmm. he's so out of place. Yes. Like, she's read someone, one of the things that makes him seem so fucking weird mm-hmm. is that he, his, like, flying around is mostly done with CGI when everything else around him is animated. So right. he seems uncanny valley compared to anything else. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and the way he dies is just, like, you feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah. Like, crying for his mother and then crushed by a giant animatronic. Like, like damn. <laughs> yeah, and Spike is just, like... Audio, like just staring, like in horror the entire yeah. time. What the hell is happening? Yeah, yeah. That entire episode was just mm-hmm. insane. And you wanted to so, uh, fun fact about the Waltz with Venus one. That's the one that opens with the plane getting hijacked, right? Right. Yeah. So when that, can you imagine how that turned out? When guess the guess the uh, time of year that that first air that was supposed to air on Toonami. Don't fucking tell me. Uh, why it was is a little that, after 9-11 why is literally every single fucking show have like a story about how oh yeah we had an episode that involved a plane that we had to postpone because of 9-11 like did everybody at the beginning of 2001 apparently literally everybody at the beginning of 2001 thought that hijacking a plane was a good idea for whatever they were doing seemed like a good idea at the time yes because <laughs> you see we had these movies like Air Force One right just, like, yeah, snakes on a plane just, Oh, no, that was after... Oh, really? Yeah, huh. I know. I know, it seems it longer like, ago. They are probably but... just like, okay, we can't have people hijack this plane. <laughs> what if we had snakes? How high are you right now? <laughs> Not Metal... high enough. Get Sam Jackson on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see Sam Jackson playing Jet, though. Oh, I would be so <laughs> down for that. I mean, you have yeah. fucking Afro Samurai playing Jet in the Cowboy Bebop movie. Like, I would be down for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's... Oh, we're having this discussion now. Why the fuck not? Who would play Faye? Mm, okay. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, <laughs> funny, I was about to say Emma Stone. <laughs> I mean, I could see that too. Well, it's, that's funny. I could see that, but also, like, she's also gotten shit for playing an Asian character. Right. But the difference oh, is, yeah. she apologized. Right, right, right. Which is kind of a too little, too late situation. You know what's the stupid thing about that movie where she played an Asian character? Oh, yeah, Aloha? Yeah. Her that... character was supposed to be a quarter Vietnamese. That was the way they got around casting her in that role. Oh. Okay. 
Yeah, it wow. doesn't doesn't excuse it at all. <laughs> okay, so serious question. Okay, so Faye is revealed to be born in Singapore. So right. God, who would? You think? Uh, well, this is just my bias because uh, I just don't know many other Asian actresses. But um, Kelly Marie Tran. I would be down for that. Honestly, just straight up, I feel like they should go with like a young unknown act- actress for that role. How old is Faye in in the show? She's you... supposed to be biologically. She's like twenty two. Oh. 22 or 23. Hmm. Oh, okay. Then, okay, yeah. Yeah, some on un- Because she's supposed under. to be 20 when she wakes up from the cryo sleep. Hmm. Okay. But I would be fine with them playing, like, an older actress just because, you Yeah, know? exactly. Just because, yeah. yeah. Get that experience, too. <laughs> yeah. For Ed. God, who could even play Ed? <laughs> <sighs> no one that we know. Yeah, you would, honestly. You would have to go digging for that. You would, yeah, you have to do a young... On and I'm sure that there are scores and scores of well-trained Welsh corgi actors just waiting for their breakout role as Ayn. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, honestly, Ayn, you could probably have to go with an animatronic with a little bit of CGI in there to capture the fact that, like, mm-hmm. he's intelligent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so just a few CGI enhancements. Oh, yeah. but, uh, honestly, like, let's acknowledge that Ayn is the smartest member of the Bebop. We're smarter than Ed? More common sense than Ed, if nothing else. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. We, oh yeah, we're oh yeah, yeah. Okay, in DDD terms, wisdom was Ed's dump stat, but she put everything into intelligence and Dex. Mm. Ayn it maxed his, her um intel maxed her wisdom, but mm-hmm. doesn't have enough intelligence to speak. <laughs> when in doubt, explain everything through D and D. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that Spike manages to be, like, your standard anime protagonist without being, like, a standard shonen protagonist, if you get what I mean. Yeah, because... He has the appetite and the lack of common sense in the fighting skills, mm-hmm. but is not, like, pathetically annoying and stupid the whole time. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. at no point do you really have to question, holy shit, how has Spike survived this long? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, the, the part that really nailed that hole for me yeah. was the... was It was in the episode Heavy Metal Queen. Oh yeah, I where, loved that episode. Yeah, where he... Just like you know what, I'm just gonna hop it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump to you, right? Like through space. <laughs> yep, through space. <laughs> He's like, don't worry. As like much work as we put into the show, we're not actually obeying the way physics work in space. I'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, Heavy Metal Queen was really that was a good episode. It opens with Spike nursing a hangover, right? <laughs> and it just goes uphill from there. Yes. <laughs> God. Also. It's just the little things I like about a show like this. Like, this is the mm-hmm. kind of stuff I enjoy is, like, cowboy being slang for bounty hunter. Right. Like, little things like that that make everything in the show feel like it fits into the world. Mm. Like, like that's like one of those things that conveys, like, yes, bounty hunters are commonplace enough that we have slang to discuss them. Right, 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 right. And the fucking big shot, the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot about that. That is, yeah. like comic relief and exposition woven together so well into the world building it's yes it's woven into yeah. the world so well that literally at one point in one episode phase like come on guys we're missing big shot and they <laughs> turn it on mid episode yes yeah. like that to me rem- i don't know if it's like intentional or not but that reminded me of like in my hero every time a new character shows up present mike does a voiceover explaining their yes. work yes 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 yeah. yeah and then like in the near the end of the show like, I, th- I don't know if this is the same episode that Ed leaves or not, but the show gets cancelled. Yes, yes, And then you yes, actually yes. see, like, the like, guy the, in the you, last episode you, picking up his mother. He's Indian. And, yeah, and he picks <laughs> up his mother from the airport. Mm-hmm. And Faye's like, huh, that guy looks familiar. And, and, and then I'll... Um, like, the show really drives someone's like, yes, literally all the comic relief characters are gone and yes, serious. Yes, <laughs> No more happiness. Darkness. 
Oh God, when Spike leaves the Bebop for the last time and the sad version of the end credits song starts playing. Was that, is that, is that the end credits? Well, the real, real folk, folk blues. blues. Oh, well, it's like the sadder, slower, sadder right, version right, that starts right. playing and you're like, oh shit, this really is the end. I thought it, it was Call Me, Call Me that played during, it's the scene where they're eating eggs, right? No, it's after that when, oh, he, after. when he leaves. Oh, after, Call Me, okay. Call Me plays when they're eating eggs and Ed leaves. I'm talking about in the end of Real Folk Blues Part 2. Ah, okay. When CU Space Cowboy starts playing. Right, right, right. Because it's like mm-hmm. equal but complete opposite energy to the opening theme playing during the finale. Yes. Because it's conveying <laughs> something totally opposite. <sighs> yeah. God. <laughs> You're going to carry that weight. Yeah. So the director really intended for the ending yeah. to be ambiguous? Yeah, so apparently at the end it's supposed to be up to the audience to decide whether Spike is dying or if he's just passed out. Because, I mean, the thing is, it's like, there have been other episodes in this show where he just passes out at the end and then he wakes up and bandages. Right, exactly. So it's up to the audience to decide whether that happens after the credit rolls or not. But, the, <sighs> like I was saying, I don't think it works if that's not Spike dying. Yeah, it really doesn't, because, like, you just cut off all the ties with your chosen family. and Yeah, to go like, die for your... What for your closure, basically? Right. <laughs> yeah, which is like Spike's biggest flaw is that he can't get away from his past. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it works for. I don't think it's fair to his character arc. Mm-hmm. It's a cop out if he survives at the end of that. It really is. Yeah, like that's the thing. If Cowboy Bebop lasted more than one season, he would have had to survive the end of that, mm-hmm. and like that would have been a cop out. Yeah. Like now, granted, like I feel like you know maybe the um people who made the show would have been able to come up with a way to make that work. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, look at John Wick. Yeah, like, exactly, we expected yeah. the third one to be the end, and then they left a sequel hook and mm-hmm. said, yeah, we're making a fourth one. And, like, we felt like, okay, yeah, you earned that. Yes. You did a good enough job that we could make a sequel. Mm-hmm. That's like I've said. Like, look at the fucking MCU. Like, their, uh, their, yeah. their quality of movie has been more or less consistent since 2016. Right. Like, regardless yeah. of whether you think that means they're good or not, they've yeah. been consistent. Consistent. So, like, yeah. I don't have a problem with them continuing past Endgame. But, like, mm-hmm. the end of Cowboy Bebop is the end mm-hmm. of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. 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 Also, another thing, apparently there was, like, a manga spinoff adaptation. Yeah, there But, like, was. they started yeah. it, they literally started making it when episode two had come out. So, like, it basically almost immediately diverges from the show. Hmm. Yeah, I it's literally just its own continuity. And hmm. the interesting about that is it got canceled before it could reach the end. So, that's basically an alternate continuity where Spike never goes to face Vicious and dies that way. Interesting. I might read huh. it just to see how it is. Hmm. But it's like, yeah... Basically, picture, like, a manga adaptation where it's, like, all they have to go off of was, like, the basic character descriptions and whatever happened up through episode two. Wow. Like, I'm just oh. curious to see how you would, how that ended up playing out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that is interesting to think about. Yeah, because, like, I'm sure even the characterization would be different, too. Mm. Which also, by the way, like, just... It's no freaking wonder that this was Steve Bloom's breakout role, because <laughs> he plays Spike to perfection. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Because before this, he was just doing uh, bit parts. And right. I think before this, he, his last, well, the earliest named like mm-hmm. lead role that I that I remember was uh, Onizuka from Great Teacher Onizuka. Huh. But, that, but yeah, this one was definitely the one that made him a household name. And right. I, I, I just find it still mind-blowing just how that this is the English dub still the standard by which all English right. dubs are judged. Yeah. And, and this... it should be because it's so mm-hmm. damn good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I can't... I've actually tried listening to the Japanese version and it's just like... 
No, oh, oh, no so funny thing about that. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to actually rewatch Toys in the Attic. I think one of the things I disliked about it mm-hmm. is because, like, I downloaded the episodes to watch them, right? Because, like, right. you know, it's body reception. Mm-hmm. So for some fucking reason, Toys in the Attic downloaded in Japanese, but everything else downloaded in English. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, the only episode of the show that I've watched in Japanese. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So you, so you actually did get to hear a bit of the Yeah. Japanese. So oh, it was good. jarring for me, but it's, like... It kind of made me realize how spot on most of the English casting was. Mm-hmm. That is like I listened to Japan and I immediately knew who was talking. Right. Yeah. Right. But also for me, one thing with Steve Bloom is, is it's like it's so, so recognizably a Steve Bloom voice role, mm-hmm. but it's also just like he totally disappears into the character. Exactly. Yeah. Like there are a couple points where like he says something a certain way. I'm like, oh, there's a Steve Bloom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like, do, do you know any specific examples? I can't or? really think of anything, but it's just, like, a specific, like, the intonation is it. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, there's that, that, what his classic lines was, um, Jet, there are three things that I hate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kids? Kid, it animals? It's pets, pets, kids, and women with attitudes. All three are on this ship now. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you have allowed all three onto this ship. Yeah, so now what, what, are, what are all three of them doing on my ship? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because the Bebop is Jet's ship. Mm-hmm. Cap- I feel like that kind of gets overshadowed in the first few episodes. That's true. But then later yeah. on, like, Jet kind of puts his foot down. He's like, remember, this is my ship. You're my partner, not the other way around. Right, right. Well, God, I love the episode where he goes to meet Doohan. Oh, is that the one? That's the that's the Jet focused one. God, that's a, that that, no, that that's the Spike focused episode where he goes to meet the guy who built his um ship. Right, right. That's right. the end where he pulls out the fucking space shuttle to come help him. <laughs> uh, because I mean, that's that, that's how you know that you found a. That's such a this, good no. That's such a good episode. Mm-hmm. Bro code. Yeah, and my favorite part is that the part where Spike thinks he's about to burn up in the atmosphere and he just lights his signal. He's like, "Hey, Jet, I hit a bottle of whiskey behind the fridge." It's all yours. And then do hands, but like nothing about mm-hmm. that scene tonally indicates that Spike's about to die. Die, right. They're all just taking a kind of, and Spike's so laid back about dying in that scene that that kind of also indicates that it's, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, no, he's been ready to die ever since he and Julia got split up. Right. Which, mm-hmm. let's talk about Julia, shall we? She deserved better. She deserves so much better. It's like, I feel like it's interesting because it's like she doesn't really get any dialogue or do anything up until the literally the last two episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. But she has such a presence throughout the series that it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like in any other show, I feel like people would criticize the show for like fridging or say she wasn't even really a character. But like right. she, she's even though she's not just a plot device, she right. really is her own person. She really is, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that all of that is what makes her death that much more tragic. Is that. It's not death where it's like she deserves better, as in she was written badly. She, she, no, she like the way she was like she was yeah. written fine. Like, it's just yeah, no, it's her character does deserve better, but that is the tragedy of her character. of her character. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah she, she deserves better because she's a tragic character. She doesn't deserve better because she was poorly written. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And the same goes for Spike. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. God, like the, that whole like monologue he has about how he has a fake eye mm-hmm. and like one eye only sees the past, past and one eye only sees the present yep and it's like he can't look ahead because he's so stuck in the now and on what happened to him with vicious and julia right yeah and also did did they reveal that before or after the green bird scene where they push him where he throws the grenade well i mean he, there's a flashback where he's talking to Julia, and she mentions that. Mm. But she only mentions the part where it's like, your eyes are different colors. Oh, okay. But it's only, like, in that scene where he's talking to Faye that he explains the different colored eye is fake. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
because the reason why I bring that up is because you notice that they zoom in on different they zoom eyes. In, yeah. On and different eyes while he's falling out of the window. So yeah. It's like, yeah. It represents the... Shoot. And that's another thing that comes back to is just like, I don't think you can convey that with real people as well as you mm-hmm. can with animation. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. No. Live action is so limited. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. And I feel like part of that also is just what makes Cowboy Bebop so good. Is mm-hmm. It's like Spider-Verse in that it uses the animation to the fullest potential and then some. Like, it oh, really pushes right. the limits of what it can do with the animation oh, to make God, everything work. right. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen some 12-episode series that don't look as, look as good as right. that. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't say this because I haven't seen Evangelion. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to ha- go ahead and say... Like, Cowboy Bebop is what Evangelion fans wish Evangelion was. Uh, yeah. 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 Like, in terms of, like, a gateway drug to anime... Cowboy Bebop is much better, yeah. Right. And in terms of just, like, you know... Honestly, like, before I watched Cowboy Bebop, Mm -hmm. my, like, recommendation to get people started in anime for people who had never seen anime before Mm -hmm. would be either Death Note or One Punch Man. I would go, you wouldn't go with uh, My Hero Academia too? Or... I wouldn't, okay, the only reason I wouldn't say My Hero Academia is because mm. it hasn't finished yet. Oh, okay, right. And even though One Punch Man did have a season two, yeah. like, season one by itself is fine. It really is, yeah. yeah. Honestly, but, like, I'm hesitant to say Cowboy Bebop because it's like, if Cowboy Bebop is the first anime you watch, how does anything ever measure up to that? That is a great point. <laughs> yeah. Like... I mean, I don't know. Like, you've been watching anime much longer than I have, and you'd seen it way before I did. Like, Oof. what what is before and after Cowboy Bebop like for you? Because uh, after a... Cowboy Bebop has been less than a week for me. Oh, my God. So, after Cowboy Bebop, it was just I a long road towards acceptance that nothing else would measure up. So, I was just basically, I was mainly watching comedies after watching Cowboy Bebop, because right. I was just like, you know what? That Those comedies have their own standard right. of quality for me, so yeah. I might as well just watch those but it feels like, it like mm-hmm. and it's like it's funny because it's like the whole tagline for cowboy bebop is like the work that will become a new genre or become its own genre will be called cowboy bebop mm-hmm. that tagline is written for the show before it started airing that's a ballsy fucking comment yeah, to make but yeah. then to live up to that so well oh god it's like nothing can live up to cowboy bebop because nothing else can literally create its own genre in just 26 episodes right mm-hmm. yeah oh and um did you ever see that gif of uh, Spike where, where he's saying, I love me a woman who could kick my ass? Yeah. That's, that's from, from the, movie. the movie. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's from the movie, yeah. Yeah. You couldn't even tell, though, because the animation is right? just so good. But, like, yeah. that's the thing. is like, they limited themselves enough that they had no limit, if that makes any sense. Like, they restricted themselves to 26 episodes, mm-hmm. had a budget to fit those 26 episodes, and then did everything it could to make each of those 26 episodes the best they could. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They didn't overstretch themselves, is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. But again, like, so, they didn't have their budget unexpectedly cut halfway through, so that helped, too. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. they... I don't know much about, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff of what went into making it, but I kind of mean feel, either. It kind of feels sure. like everything went right with this. Which basically yeah. never happens with anime. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, some other similar series that you could you should probably check out if you yeah. really enjoyed this one is uh, the same director went on to make... Uh, yeah, he made Samurai Shampoo, right? Samurai Shampoo. Is that still yeah. on Netflix? I don't think so. Yeah. I, th- I know Funimation has the rights, though. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Bloom is back. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
And then uh, didn't he yeah. also make Space Dandy? Yes. Which is just a parody of Cowboy Bebop, basically, it's, right? It really is. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a hilarious story behind mm-hmm. that. Um, so um, there's a, there's this uh, writer for Anime News Network, mm-hmm. Jacob Chapman. Oh, yeah. I know him, yeah. 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 He um, he was interviewing uh, Shinichiro Watanabe at yeah. a convention, and he asked, he asked him, are you working on anything new? Mm-hmm. Shinichiro Watanabe just started chuckling and said, you are the first person to ask me that, uh, so you get a treat. Oh, you know, nice. And then he, he calls his crew and just like, show him the video. Oh, wow. And so Jacob Chapman got to see footage of Space Dandy before anyone else. Wow. Just because Holy he asked shit. the right question. Holy shit. And also, speaking of the blazing new trails, Space Dandy was uh, a simul dub that aired on Toonami. Oh, wow, really? Yes. Wait, it was what year a, was that? Oh, it was shoot, early 2000s, right? No, 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 no. I think it was early 2010, 2000. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. We're on my freaking computer. <laughs> Hang on. I can just type it. Yeah. Okay. So Wait. Was it seriously? Did it seriously say 2001? 2014. 2014. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, knew, I knew it was 2010s. Yeah. But yeah, it was a simul dub that aired on Tunamia. And yeah. A lot. It also has. This is. You know how Cowboy Bebop is the... It's kind of a serious story, but with some breather episodes? Yeah. That's a breather series with some serious episodes. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> so, one thing that... So, transitioning from Cowboy Bebop and talking about Bounty Hunter. So, The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. That was my episode. So, The Mandalorian is super good on its own. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, it kind of transcends Star Wars as a genre, but, like, because it's right. not a space opera. It's a West space it's a Western. Western. Mm-hmm. And it's so good because it just... The thing with The Mandalorian is it's, like... He never takes the mask off. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's so much emotion in him because he's the deadpan series guy who has right. to, like, sort of open up. Right. Like, because he's so deadpan, that's where the humor comes from because everything around him is so serious. Mm-hmm. Like, in one episode, somebody is, like, taunting him about never taking the mask off. And they literally joke, is like, hey, or what? Are you a Gungan under there? Is that why Yusa no want us to see Yusa face? Oh. That's an actual line in the series. Oh. Damn. Yeah. Which is delivered by Bill Burr. Oh. Yeah. Because remember I told you Bill Burr like guest stars in one episode and it's like, it's an episode, one of those episodes where it's like an ensemble with a lot of guest stars, mm-hmm. but he's like the only one who is like not all made up like an alien. Made, oh, it's right, right, right. Bill Burr with he a just, space gun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was like to his credit, he plays the role that he's given well. Mm. It was like the great thing about The Mandalorian is that it's just like, like, in my opinion, after just this eight episodes, the Mandalorian has joined the ranks of like Piccolo and Vegeta as like grumpy adopted space dads. Ah, like literally at the end well, of that... Vegeta's not well, adopted. Well, no, Vegeta has a biological son. <laughs> so it's like Piccolo and like what are some other characters that are like the grumpy dad who's forced to like take care of a kid? Aizawa. Yeah, Aizawa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's like he's Star Wars Piccolo. Like Star Wars Piccolo. Yes. Yeah. And literally, like, at near the end of, like, the season finale, someone straight up tells him, like, for the foreseeable future, you are the child's father. <sighs> and there's this kind of moment where everyone kind of just looks at him weirdly, but he's just kind of like, all right. Uh, yeah, no. This it's is like, the way. Yeah, and the thing with Baby Yoda is that, like, he works so much better, like, in the show than, like, as a meme because it's, like, he's a puppet. So, like, when he's in mm-hmm. motion and everything, like, he's much more, like, full yeah. of emotion yeah. than just, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. reaction images. Yeah, shout out to the puppeteers for oh, yeah. bringing Baby Yoda to life. Like, oh, yeah. You are valid. You are good. Yeah. If there's we one thing that you. Star Wars has managed to, like, consistently do well with, it's the practical effects. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
also like the thing with the Mandalorian mm-hmm. is that it's like <clears throat> it's basically a voice acting performance because it's like yeah. all the emotion comes from his voice, mm-hmm. and it's like over the course of the series he becomes less and less of just like trying to be the stoic badass guy, and like because as he cares more for Baby Yoda. Right, like you see more as he cares about other people. How about his physical acting? Because I figured it would be a lot of physical acting. Oh too. yeah, no, but that's all great too. Like mm-hmm. he conveys a lot through like the way he moves, ah. like the way he deals with stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's like most of the time he's trying to be a stoic badass, but it's like mm-hmm. you can tell when he's freaking out about something. Oh, okay. Because like mm-hmm. he cares about keeping Baby Yoda safe and alive, <laughs> and it's like that's very difficult to do when you are a bounty hunter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God. Also, so like. One thing I'll tell you, this isn't really a spoiler, mm-hmm. but like, I know you'll yeah, enjoy this. Yeah. So, like, the overarching big bad who shows up near the end of the series is played by Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, shoot. Who's he? Gus from Breaking Bad. Uh, nice. Like, he is the guy who, when he shows up, shit immediately hits the fan. Yeah. And, yeah. like, he plays his role to perfection, oh, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I won't tell you what, because this is a spoiler, and I want you to experience this. Something, the final shot of the season mm-hmm. is a huge, they take something from the animated series and bring it into the live action show for the first time. Oh, yeah, I and heard I about this. the fuck out because, mm. like, when you see what it is, you will understand why I was freaking out so badly. Like, it's one of those, mm. like, deep lore things that, like, you understand why it's a big deal that they brought this into the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's, right. it's pretty great. That's good. Yeah. And of course, like, it's Star Wars, so the droids are all great, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> IG-11, the assassin droid. Oh, is he the skinny one that I see in the trailer yeah. just shooting yeah. up everything? Oh, yeah, okay, he's yeah. played by Taika Waititi. Lovely. It, it's Lovely. fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no. Man. It's like, so you know who plays a Mandalorian? Uh, Pedro Pascal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he was the perfect choice for it. Mm, okay. yeah. Yeah. What else has he done? He was Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. Oh. Yeah, he was the Viper in Game of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> like, that's the other role he's really known for. Ah, I see. And he's also going to be the villain in the Wonder Woman sequel. Oh, really? Yeah. That's him? He's the dude on the TV, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's like one of those actors who he's a little bit of a chameleon that, like, you can tell it's him, but he disappears into the role. Oh, like Gary Oldman. Yeah, he was all. Well, I mean, it still oh. looks. His transformation art is like drastic. Mm. He was also in the Kingsman sequel, but that movie sucked. Oh, but he was yeah. also like one of the only good parts of that movie. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, mm. yeah. But no, he's a fantastic actor, so I'm glad they were able to get him for this. That's good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Also, some other <laughs> going back to a series similar to Cowboy Bebop that you should check out. Um, there's also one called uh, it's a different director, but same vibe and yeah. same tone. It's uh, Michiko and Hachin. I mean, I've but, heard of it. I haven't watched it. Uh, hey, yeah. is it, uh, black Latina protagonist, black Latina protagonist uh, saves a uh, orphan from her abusive family, and shenanigans ensue. I'm sold. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Speaking of anime, I still need to eventually start on My Hero season four because I feel like I've left it long enough that there's a decent amount for me to binge. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. I mean, my thing with My Hero is that right. Well, I like it, but it's like I'm also just a sucker for shonen shows. Right. And it's like my hero, in my opinion, right now is shonen at its best. Have you seen uh, Demon Slayer? No. Okay. I've heard you... good things about it. And I need to watch it. Yeah. It's like I have the Funimation Now sub, so I That's can true. go watch yeah. it whenever I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, Demon Slayer, I have no worries about whether it'll live up to that reputation or not, because I know you and Eric and Cullen like it. Oh, So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. that's generally a good indication to me I'm going to like something. Yay! But speaking of which, I still need to get around to watching IBO. Uh, that's on Netflix. Right. Yeah. And I will watch that on Netflix, because, like we've discussed, Funimation's net play- web player sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the only reason I was okay with watching Cowboy Bebop on their service is because I could download the episodes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny, it worked out really well because you can only download 13 videos at a time. So I could literally just download half a season at a time. There you go. Yeah. God, you know what really gets me about Cowboy Bebop as well? Mm-hmm. Is that, like, it met. Is that just, like, even though there's not really an overarching plot throughout the episodes and each one is self contained, mm-hmm. still manages to, like. And I know it's not the only show that's done this, but it's, like, when, like, you know, it gets the end and. Vicious shows up again. It doesn't feel like, oh, suddenly we have a plot. Yeah. It's because it's like all of the character development is still building up to all decisions they make at the end. Right. Right. And speaking of like how open ended the ending is, because parts of it are, mm-hmm. what do you think happens to Faye and Jet? Because the last we see of them is them like basically breaking down when Spike leaves them to go off and die. Yeah, man. Uh,. I mean, I like to think that they still stay on the stay together and they support each other good I, I like to think that uh, Faye gets over her gambling addiction but I know that's never gonna happen I don't know yeah. I'd like to think that eventually Faye stops running away from the fact that she cares about everyone and like stays with the jet mm. the thing that gets yeah, me yeah. is it's just like honestly I was a little unhappy that Ed left to go find her dad mm-hmm. because he's a shitty father like unquestionably well she's also a kid so she doesn't know what she doesn't really know what right but I mean like Honestly, like, she kind of gets a tragic ending, too, because she's, like, mm-hmm. just been told, oh, you belong with your family because they're your family, and so she goes off. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I like to think that maybe Jet goes back for her. That's a good idea. Yeah, that, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe she forces Jet to come back for her because she can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, the end of the episode where she first shows up, where she forces the Bebop to drive back to come pick her up. It's <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. I think that was the first episode of the show that I saw, like, on Toonami. That's a good episode we're, we're, to start with. We're at it, yeah. Right, that, that, that's a good, that's a good, that's another topic. Um, episodes besides episode one that are good uh, starting off points for Cowboy Bebop. Honestly, I would say start with episode five. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Cause, yep. Because you yep. have Vicious, you have the falling out of the church scene. Mm-hmm. It's like... Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. That was going to be my first pick, too. My mm-hmm. other one was going to be uh, uh, Piero LeFou. That's just... also a good one. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, it's like, are there any post-Jupiter Jazz episodes that I would choose? And that's a good one. Post-Jupiter Jazz? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the... Piero LeFou and uh, Cowboy Funk, I think, are both Cowboy good Funk. ones. What did you think of uh, Brain Scratch? I, I, oh, I... I liked it a lot like i thought it was it was a departure from like the usual kind of episode but it was still good right 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 because <clears throat> my um, favorite part of that though like was a part where um jet and um ed are pretending to be father and daughter and like trying to get into the uh, um, yes. hospital and yes. he's like why are you here anyway and he's like well you see it's a very long and tragic story and it cuts away from them and it cuts back he's finishing the story and both jet and the security guard are crying and security guard's <laughs> like yeah you can go in go ahead oh my god <laughs> it was so brilliant that's amazing and then, um, also, I wanted to, I was going to say Waltz with Venus is a... Well, that's the thing. All the episodes are so good. How do you just choose one to show somebody? No, I'm just saying, what yeah. is a different starting one besides episode one? <laughs> so, yeah. Waltz with Venus, and also, but, but my last one would be uh, Sympathy for the Devil. 
That's the one with the kid who can't the aid. The kid. Yep. That's a good... Yeah. You know what? That might be my answer. <laughs> sympathy, with the, sympathy for the devil. Yeah. Also, like, this is kind of, like, lame, but also I choose that one because that ends with Spike doing the finger gun bang. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. yeah, but also Cowboy Punk is the one where somebody actually says, see you, Space Cowboy. <laughs> the closest we got before that is, like, the lady in the first episode saying, adios, Cowboy. Mm. <laughs> is there anything from the Cowboy Bebop universe that you would that you wish we had today? I mean, aside from, like, the general, like, spaceships and light speeds travel and stuff? Uh, yeah. Because, the, like we said, the... Like, the... We don't have airports anymore in the Cowboy Bebop. We have freaking space... There's space ports. I think, space but, ports, yeah. But I think they just still call them airports, just like how we still say roll down the window. Right, to... yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, that's the one thing that I really wanted to... That I really wish we had today was the the spaceports and those. Oh yeah, <laughs> that little voice over the intercom telling you that the uh, telling you how to adjust the atmosphere. Right. Because you know you go you end up like Spike on Venus when the helium. helium. Yeah. <laughs> There's a tiny part of me that hopes they actually had Steve Bloom in the booth with a balloon to do those lines. Like I know they didn't because practically that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But like just the imagery is still funny to me. <laughs> Especially since Mary Elizabeth McGlynn would have been the one directing him to do that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which is yeah. funny, because you had mentioned to me that they're actually a couple in real life now. They are a couple in real life now, yes. Spike and Julia got their happy ending. Yay! Uh. It's kind of funny how that works out, though. That like, Which, I mean, it makes sense that like people who work in the same industry and are together all the time are eventually gonna... Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Travis Willingham and Laura Bailey, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's kind of funny when they actually played love interests and like yeah, yeah. and then it, uh, then the the ship becomes canon yeah <laughs> I don't think Laura Bailey and Travis William have ever played a love interest but I'm pretty sure they've killed each other a few times hmm yeah no they definitely yeah. have because Laura Bailey played Lust in Fullmetal Alchemist and then Travis Willingham played Roy Mustang. Roy Mustang so he literally kills her at one point yes yes he does he does in fact kill her yep <laughs> from a certain point of view maybe Spike killed Julia. Don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare. We are not having that discussion right now. Don't you fucking dare. I mean, I would argue that Vicious killed her, since the only reason anything that happens in Real Folk Blues happens is because he tries to overthrow the leadership of the Red Dragon. Right. He, yeah. And then they are completely unreasonable and decide that anybody who's ever been associated with Vicious has to die. Even Mm. people who very explicitly hate him and are no longer associated with him. Yeah. The one part in Real Folk Blues I could not take seriously mm-hmm. was like, what, Lin? I'm not Lin, I'm Lin's twin brother, Shin. <laughs> and it's like, Lin died to save Vicious's life, and Shin died to save um, Spike's life. Mm. So like, that's a nice touch, but also it's like, why does Lin's twin brother have to have a ri- name that rhymes? <sighs> because parents. Yeah. It's like, shit, we weren't expected to have two of them, just change the first letter of this one's name. <laughs> Which is like, so I think that's probably what actually happened. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like the same thing like in Star Wars, Luke and Leia being born. Mm. It's really, ex- with the amount that science has advanced, surprise twins should not be a medical possibility. Right. 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 Well, keep in mind, this was back when the guy who thought there was no underwear in space was directing the series, so... Okay, well, let's be real. Did he think there was no underwear in space, or did he just not want Gary Fisher wearing an underwear when they were shooting those scenes? Which is more likely... That second one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm still in no rush to watch Rise of Skywalker, but I am avoiding spoilers just because I want to, like, 
right. judge it as they watch right. it. Just as, you, as you watch it. Okay. Yeah, I know going fair. into it, it's not going to live up to, like... At this point, I'm just hoping for it to be as good as Force Awakens. It's... Yeah, it's it, it's it's probably going to be the... It's gonna probably going to be the return of the Jedi of this generation. Which, which... is, honestly, at this point, I would be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like, just... I don't even care at this point. Just take Ye- Star Wars behind the shed, please. For real. The only Star Wars I have to look forward to is season two of The Mandalorian. I don't care about anything else. Exactly. I mean, yeah. even though I'm sure I'll enjoy whatever Ryan Johnson ends up making, I'm not looking forward to the fan discourse that's going to come from that. Oh, me neither. But hey, at least we won't have D&D making a Star Wars show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad that they finally exposed themselves for how mediocre they really are. God, yes. Yeah, no. Star Wars has very much overstated its welcome, and that is completely Disney's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tried to do that whole one Spider- uh, Spider-Man, uh, one Star Wars movie a year for... Yeah, the reason that works yeah. for the MCU and not with Star Wars is because the MCU is at least has different characters in each movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're obsessively, <laughs> like, running multiple franchises at once. Yeah. Although with the MCU, I will say that, like, well, I will go see any movies that come out between now and then. The only next Marvel movies I'm really looking forward to are, like, Thor 4 and Guardians 3. Yeah. That's that's really it. And then eventually the Far From Home sequel. And whenever, and whenever they decide to bring in uh, Kamala Khan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the other well, thing. That's like, going to be a Disney Plus. Though, well, that's the other yeah. thing. Like, after Mandalorian, I don't know what else there is on Disney Plus for me to watch. Because anything else in there that I want to watch, I've probably already seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean you don't want to see all the old racist stuff that Disney used to do? I mean, I'm glad they're not hiding it. I guess it's like the Warner Brothers thing, you know? Like yeah, that exactly. Yeah, the put. disclaimer they put, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, sort of the same thing, but apparently CBS cut all the scenes of Donald Trump out of Home Alone 2. But that was, that was just, they always did that. I it mean, was for the running time. Because apparently right. the the only reason he even had that cameo in the movie in the first place was that it was the condition for them to... Use his hotel. Use his hotel to Yeah, film, which yeah. I knew that, but I mean, still, yeah. like, a good thing done for the wrong reason is still a good thing. <laughs> we shall debate on that endlessly. Fair enough. To the end of time. I mean, I think... Some of that comes up in Cowboy Bebop, too, because it's like, mm-hmm. cow- the thing with Spike and his gang is that they're all much better people than they give themselves credit for. Yeah. And part of the reason they're poor is there are a few times where they'll, like, pass on a bounty because it's substantively the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is funny, though. It's like, there aren't many other series where, like, the charm of the show is how constantly unsuccessful the main characters are. It's like... Wait, speaking of Spider-Man, this is right? basically Spider-Man. Well, that's the thing with Spider-Man, is that he succeeds in getting the bad guy, but at the expense of failing at everything, everything else he cares about. That's what makes Peter Parker such a good character. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And... Which is something that I feel like they didn't really capture until Far From Home in the MCU. Right. Like, they kind mm-hmm. of got it at Homecoming, but the thing is, is just like, I don't want to get into that right now. And that's where we decided to cut it off. So, yeah, he ended up liking Cowboy Bebop. Big shocker, I know. (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, then drop a like, give us a follow at soundcloud.com slash bustedlimes. That's with a hyphen between busted and limes. Um, Soon we'll be hoping to also be uploading 
to Stitcher whenever we get a chance. And share this episode with your friends and family, you know, spread the word around, spread the love. This has been the very first episode of the Busted Limes podcast, and we will see you next time, when we will hopefully have a more unique outro.